Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Baby, welcome in. It is a football Friday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, JJ John Jastrzemski. We're cooking right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. What a week it's been. I know it wasn't a great New York football week. Hey, even with the Jets 1-0, you don't feel like you're in that celebratory mood because of everything that took place and everything that transpired with Aaron Rodgers. Nonetheless, We'll get to the Jets in a matter of moments. They're 1-0. It's Zach Wilson for the remainder of the year, and the Jets will be taking on Dak Prescott and that ferocious, top-notch Dallas Cowboy defense that did a number on the New York football giants. And that, to me, is where we begin getting ready for week two. And when I look at the more crucial matchup, for each of the New York teams respectively, which we like to do because, you know, I like to be an editorial consultant. I'm, I'm basically one of two. And, you know, we don't script out these shows. It's basically me and Steph shooting the breeze. I say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And we we take it from there, usually over text. We never do this in full-blown conversations. I mean, imagine me sitting there and having a meeting with Stefan about everything we're going to talk about on a podcast. I mean, could you imagine if we actually did that every single week and how chaotic and how bizarre and how ridiculous it would be? You, you trust the creative vibes of the people in charge. Unfortunately, that means you trust me for better or worse, but it's obvious in this case. The more crucial game for the two New York teams, if you're splitting them in half, it is a far more imperative week two for the New York Giants than it is the New York Jets. Despite the Aaron Rodgers injury, the Giants are coming off a game in which they lost 40 to nothing and were thoroughly whooped, were thoroughly embarrassed, were thoroughly humiliated every way imaginable against the Dallas Cowboys. The minute that block field goal happened, 
it was game, set, match. And it wasn't pretty. The line stunk. The quarterback stunk. The defense quit. The coach's game plan stunk. Everything stunk. I don't want to hear one measly positive about what happened with the Giants and the Cowboys. Now, Darren Waller didn't want to give us full detail on whether the game film was burned or did they actually go through it. Actually, who am I kidding? He actually said there's a lot to learn. So uh, maybe, maybe he wasn't cryptic about it. The bottom line is this. The Giants on Sunday have to win this game. Some are going to say I'm being ridiculous. Some are going to say I'm being overly dramatic. I'm not being dramatic. If the New York Giants cannot go after losing 40 to nothing to Arizona against the worst team in the NFL and win this game in week two, I don't think I'm being ridiculous in saying I forecast and foresee the Giants being in for a wild and miserable year. This is a game you have to win. You got to wash out that 40 and nothing taste immediately. That's that. Give me protection from the offensive line. Get off to a fast start. Get Daniel Jones going. Show me the elements of the passing game that you really didn't get to see at any point against the Cowboys because either the line couldn't hold up or the quarterback was missing throws. This is a game the Giants got to win. When you know that in just a couple of days, you got a short week on the road against the San Francisco 49ers, you don't want to be 0-2 staring San Francisco in the face and the possibility of 0-3 and knowing that down the road it's Seattle, it's a trip to Miami, it's a trip to Buffalo where the schedule gets treacherous. This is a game that is an absolute must for the Giants. So I'm going to say week two, you don't have must wins. I totally disagree in this case. Considering the opponent. Now, if the Giants are playing the Eagles or the Giants are playing the Niners this week, I think my feelings on the game would be drastically different. They're not. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals. So what does that mean? You need to go and beat the Arizona Cardinals. If you don't, I'd be sounding the alarm tenfold every which way about the 2023 New York Giants. And this is probably not comforting. I saw this on Twitter earlier in the week. The adjusted win total for the Giants. Now, remember, it was seven and a half to begin with over from our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. They got that adjusted win total now at six and a half. Six and a half. After what was this feel-good rocking season for Big Blue in 20. 22. Got to stop the bleeding fast. Got to get that positive juju back moving in the right direction. I expect the Giants to win this game. And if they don't, look out. And not in a good way. Now for the Jets, the test in Dallas to me is all about how Zach Wilson is going to handle one of the best pass rushes that the NFL has to offer. The case has been made and when Joe Beningo comes on in a little bit, and I've talked to Joe off air about this, Joe is still very bullish on what this Jet team can do this year. And that's without the four-time MVP and without the future Hall of Famer. 
And I get where Joe's coming from, from his defense, from his running game, from the talent that is on this roster. The Jets, make no mistake, have a lot of talent on this team getting ready for the rest of this year. And that's why we've said it. Zach Wilson should be the quarterback. They decided to make him the backup. Don't give me these narratives down the road that he can come back after Aaron Rodgers returns and he can owe and be the quarterback of this team. Well, now he's getting a new lease on life. You don't get that very often in sports. Zach Wilson is getting the ultimate mulligan. He's getting what I always want when I'm on the tee at Silver Lake Golf Course, the mulligan, the freebie. He's getting it for his NFL career. He was replaced. He was cast aside. Now, he's the guy. The Jets go and get a quarterback. They're bringing in an able body. They're not bringing in, in my estimation and in my opinion, a quarterback who's going to replace Wilson unless it gets to a point where he is unplayable. The Jets want Wilson to go and be the guy. You've had guys on Twitter, like I see Brees Hall. I see other guys trying to stick up now for their quarterback. Okay. Quarterback's got to back it up. This is a game where you're playing a top-notch defense. We saw what they did to the giant offensive line. We saw what they did to Daniel Jones. Wilson has got to protect the football. The Jets have to run it effectively. And the Jets, moving forward, even in the modern-day NFL, their blueprint for winning games is going to be about the defense. It's going to be about the running game. And it's got to be the same sort of script we saw against the Buffalo Bills in week one. And it's not always going to work, but they've got to go and win that turnover battle. They won that turnover battle in a big way against Buffalo, and in many ways, it ended up being the difference in the game. You want to have a chance to be live, to go and win this game outright against Dallas and shock a whole lot of people without Aaron Rodgers going 2-0 to start your year? Clean game from Wilson, couple of turnovers the other way, Keep the game tight. Make a play or two in the fourth quarter and go and win the game. That's how the Giants got. That's how the Jets got to do it. The Giants, it's a much different blueprint. You're playing a bad team. This should be a get-right game for the Giants. Just don't need this game nearly as much. But I do want to see competent, at least average, quarterback play out of number two. It's crazy that he's back starting for this Jet team. And that's the world we're living in. But that is the world we're living in. And let's see, right out of the gate, Dallas, 425, if Mr. Wilson is up for the challenge. All right, let's take some calls right out of the gate before we hit our Football Friday regulars, 917-382-1151. And before we do that, you notice the Red Sox fired Heim Bloom today. Anybody see that? I know I did. Heim Bloom, who could not develop pitching. Heim Bloom, who, yes, is the same GM that got nothing in return from Mookie Betts, that let Xander Bogarts walk. I mean, if you're the Red Sox, I'm putting a lot more of the blame as a fan on Mookie Betts leaving on ownership than I am Heim Bloom. That's number one. But the reason I bring this up, we're not a Boston podcast, it just once again stresses how the Red Sox, as an organization, whether you like Henry or not, whether you think he's doing a good job or not, he's got spine. They've made changes. They've fired popular, unpopular people. They got rid of Valentine after one year. They fired Terry Francona. Unpopular take, bad decision, but they did it. And they have shuffled through a bunch of different guys over the last 15 to 20 years. 
guess what the difference is between them and the Yankees? They've actually won. So they're in the same predicament the Yankees are in now, but at least they could say, hey, 2004, 2007, 2013, 2018, we've gotten to the top of the mountain. The Yankees, on the other hand, it's you know lifetime contracts for everybody. Let's, let's get a standing ovation for the fact that we're 500 right now as an organization. I mean, it's sickening. And by the way, the more and more we start thinking about the end of this baseball season, which, by the way, can't get here soon enough, the more and more I'm of the mindset that the GM and the manager of the Yankees are both going to be back. Like, now I'm at the point where I expect it, and you should almost mentally prepare for it now. Said, but that's where we're at. Um, let's hit some voice bounce. Let's rock. Let's hear them stop. JJ, Brad from NYC. Uh, I've given myself a couple of days now to, you know, digest this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. And uh, as I've mentioned, I'm a season ticket holder for years now. Um, you know, I could come on here and say, Jets are cursed. I'll never be happy. This team's going nowhere fast now. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to bring out some positive vibes today. All summer, all I said was, you know, we don't want Aaron Rodgers to be MVP Aaron Rodgers this year because, you know, if he is, that probably means the Jets aren't as good as we think they are. We want him to take care of the ball. We want the defense to be great, which they are. And we need him to make a clutch throw every once in a while. That's all I wanted from him this year. I didn't need 4,500 passing yards and 40 touchdowns or any of that. So why can't year three Zach Wilson run the ball, take care of the ball, and convert a third and nine every once in a while. What would be so bad with that? This defense is still unbelievable. They were flying around the field against Buffalo. And, you know, I'm still bringing the optimism. I think we still have, we're still a contender in the AFC. I know you, Simmons, and your boys, uh, Raheem and House, you guys couldn't wait to get off the Jets on all the podcasts this week. But I'm still bringing it. Let's go, baby. J-E-T-F. Well, I appreciate the positivity. And look, I told you guys on East Coast Bias, if you listen to our gambling pod, which, by the way, you should if you want to make money, uh, Raheem House and I have a wonderful, wonderful time doing so. And shameless plug, Ringer Wives Guys, Sunday, 11 o'clock, FanDuel TV. For those of you keeping score at home for all your gambling and football needs, um, I think the Jets could still make the playoffs. In fact, I think at plus whatever, I think it's plus 250, 260, there's value in that. And I made that clear. I just don't think the Jets can go win the division. I think their ceiling now has changed. So you could be positive. There are a lot of positive Jet fans still after losing Aaron Rodgers. Far more than I would have thought, to be honest with you. Like, am I going to be stunned if the Jets are a playoff team this year, even with Zach Wilson? I'm not, because I think their team is really good. I am going to be very surprised they're going to win the division. I am. Over 17 weeks, they have better record than Miami, Buffalo, and the Patriots. I'm going to be surprised. All right, let's take two more. Go ahead, Steph. JJ, Justin, in Miami, congrats on the big win for you last week. One point on the Giants, one. On the Yankees, you know, with the Giants, this is a huge game. They, they've got to beat the Cardinals this week. I mean, it could snowball really, really quickly. And I think also you have to take into the fact, account that this is a loaded quarterback drop. And if you start out and you lose to Arizona, and then you're looking at San Fran, Miami, Buffalo, well, guess what? You, you start out one and five. And now all of a sudden you're going to start hearing things, rumors of, well, you know, do you trade up? Do we throw away the season? Because if you remember, that's what, what happened in Buffalo in year two. They had that surprising year one. And then year two, they, they ended up kind of tanking to get in that draft where they got Josh Allen. So they lose this week, man, anything's possible. And then, and then quickly on the Yankees, you know, I, I can't help but juxtapose 
Cashman never getting fired with the Red Sox firing a GM after four years because they weren't happy not playing October baseball. You know, what's funny about this, of course, is Bloom in his four years got Boston deeper into the playoffs than Cashman did in that same time. They, they lost in game six, I think, what, two years ago of the ALCS. The Yankees never got to game six of the ALCS in that same period. So just more frustrating. The Red Sox going to hire another GM and, you know, we're probably going to get some random Red Sox World Series run. We're, we're probably overdue for one. Talk to you later, bud. Um, I get that complaint. Listen, the Yankees are way too accepting of their situation over the last 13 years. And you would think this sort of year would lead to major change. Clearly, that doesn't appear to be the case. And look, Giants fans were very optimistic a week ago. 40 nothing and getting beat down the way they did against the Dallas Cowboys will do exactly that. It will kind of wake you up and wake you up in a big way. So, better beat the Cardinals. If I'm going to take the Giants seriously this year, and I want to believe they can still be a very good team. I'm not getting off the bandwagon yet. I picked the Giants to make the playoffs. I'm standing by that take. I think after one week, they got a lot of stuff they can figure out. I believe in their coach. I believe in their infrastructure. I think we're going to get a much better effort out of the Giants. But it's a smelly line. I mean, listen, from a Vegas sense, that line scares the crap out of me. From a football sense, this is a game the Giants should win. All right, let's take one more. Uh, JJ, Ben uh, from Manhattan here. Fond Jets fan, not really looking forward to another fall of Zach Wilson. So you hear them talk about quarterbacks, and there's one name that's not getting mentioned that should be mentioned, and it's a bit out there, but hear me out. The Jets need to call Andrew Luck. Uh, he's now in the league four years. That is a lifetime, I get it. But that means the fact that he's 34 years old really means that he's probably only 30, 31 in football years. He's the only quarterback besides Tom Brady, not currently playing with the actual talent to give you something of what 80% of what Aaron Rodgers was going to give them. So we thought. And he has about six weeks until the Jets come back for their first game after the bye when they play the Giants on October 29th to get ready. So my thought is give Wilson a little bit of time, you know, make and make Andrew Luck say no. Throw him the remaining salary cap money. Say, here's a chance to put a capstone on what was a very interesting and short career. And if he comes back and takes them to the Super Bowl or even wins the ring, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Just curious what your thoughts are because his name is not one I've heard mentioned about at all in the last couple of days. Thanks now. Bye-bye. Uh, I appreciate the call. I can tell you there's a 0% chance that Andrew Luck is playing for the Jets or is playing football ever again. You mentioned Hall of Fame trajectory. You're right. Andrew Luck was absolutely on that sort of Hall of Fame trajectory before he walked from the NFL before the start of the 2019 season. 2020, 21, 22. It's four years later. Why do you think anything is going to be any different for Andrew Luck? He doesn't want to play football anymore. He came to that conclusion going into 2019. And remember, Indianapolis had a really good team. They were coming off divisional round. They were coming off a deep playoff run. A lot of people, myself included that year, I remember, I was like, I'm going to pick the Colts to go to the Super Bowl. And then Luck decided he was walking away. He is not coming back and playing football. No way, no how, keep dreaming. Sorry. That's outlandish beyond belief. 
love you. I appreciate the sentiment. It ain't happening. Don't count on it. All right, Football Friday. A very optimistic Joe Beningo in our dice, in the cats. It's what we do on Football Fridays. The boys get rocking. Next. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So, week two, lined up. I think the Tennessee Titans getting three against the LA Chargers. Pretty juicy. And I like the Green Bay Packers. Love what I saw in week one. I think they keep it rolling in week number two. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus in present select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. It's now time for week two, old school, new school. We welcome in, uh, I would say, conflicted Joe Benigno, but he's not conflicted. He's very giddy about the fact that his Jets took down the Buffalo Bills in week one. He'll worry about the Aaron Rodgers injury after the fact. And, Joe, it was an insane Monday night. You lose Mm. your quarterback four plays in. You go and come from behind down 10 points. Has your confidence changed at all with the news now that the future Hall of Famer is not going to play another snap this year? You know, really, not really, bro. I I feel very good about this team. I think they got a terrific defensive football team. Um, They can run the breezes back, which is a big deal. They can run the football. Uh, I think they're good. I mean, I think they got a shot. Look, I think there's no reason I don't think they can win the division. I mean, I think they can still win 10, 11 games. I don't think that's out of the realm. I think you really got to, you know, with Wilson now, you got to play more of the Rex Ryan ground and pound type game. I think the coaching of him is going to be a lot better. I think it's a big upgrade. Now, I know Nathaniel Hackett was not a good head coach with the Broncos, but as far as a coordinator, this guy's worked with a lot of guys. He broke with, he broke with, he worked with Boyles, if I'm not mistaken, Brett Bortles, I mean. He worked with, obviously, Rodgers. So I think the coaching is going to be an upgrade for Wilson here. I really do. Um, and I think he's loaded. He's got a loaded team. He's got a lot of guys, man. Just don't F it up. You know, just be a game manager. No, seriously, be a game manager and, you know, run the ball, play off the run, take your shots down the field. And who knows, bro, You know, I'll say this too. And who knows? It's his third year. I mean, this is, he's got an unbelievable shot Well, this now. is it now. See, and this right. is why, this is Joe, it. we no talked question. about this off air. This is right. why it should be Zach Wilson's team. I, you want to tell me you're bringing a quarterback as a body? That's fine. You're not replacing Wilson. They no, decided no, no, no. in the, the offseason no he's the backup quarterback. They made that decision. Yep. They didn't need to do that. They said, hey, guess what? We're going to keep our number two pick from a few years ago behind Aaron Rodgers. We're going to mentor him. He's mm-hmm. going to grow. He's going to mm-hmm. be better down the road. Well, now that curve is accelerated. Now, all of a sudden, it's make or break time. And now, Joe, to me, 
this is it for Zach Wilson. Either he is going to show that he has figured it out, or you're going to say after this year, Aaron Rodgers comes back off the Achilles. Yeah, I'm going to go draft the quarterback. That's That's see you later. That's That's exactly. That's it. You Jay, you hit it right on the head. This is you're 100. And you know it's it's now or never for him. This is it. He's got his last shot. If he doesn't get it done, you're right. Rodgers will be the Rodgers will come back and be the quarterback next year, and they'll draft another guy. No doubt. 100. percent 100. percent But I feel good about it, bro. I think this. So you still? I want to get this on record because you pretty much made it clear. You still think the division is there to be had for the Jets? And listen, here's what I would say: No question. Your defense is outstanding. Outstanding. The running game is outstanding. Yes. Wilson is outstanding. No question. Garrett Wilson, that is. Of course. I think it boils down to a couple of things here: keeping Sauce Gardner, Quinn Williams, Mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson, and Brees Hall on the field. I think all four of those guys, Joe, have to have monster years. Yes. If the Jets are going to be, if the Jets are going to win north of nine games. That has to be the case. Yeah, no, I agree. And and look, I mean, and uh, look, we've already got the, a, a a brutal injury, probably the worst injury you could have got. Um, let's hope we stay. Let's hope we stay healthy from here. That's it, bro. And uh, and like I said, I think the thing with Wilson too. I think the and I think eventually, I don't know what the status is with his with the operation for Rogers, whatever. Eventually, Rogers is going to be like another coach with this kid. I mean, really, I'm a, well. That's the hope. I, I want him so. there every week. I mean, as yeah. much as he can with the no, rehab and whatnot, because he's no going through stuff. But I want him with a headset on on the sideline. Yes. Let's go here. Yeah. yeah, or up in up in the booth, whatever. But he's right. He's got to be part of the you know coaching package with with Hackett for Wilson, no doubt. One more thing here, yep. Salah. We were both of the agreement. Right. Playoffs to bust, right? Yes. Like going into the year. The yep. expectation was the right. Jets got to be a playoff team. And if they're not, you're probably looking at change. Does the injury to Rodgers, in your opinion, change what the standard should be for this coach and for this regime now moving forward? Like if the Jets go, I don't know, Joe, 8 9, 9 and 8, they miss the playoffs, but they're competitive with Wilson, are you more willing to give Salah specifically a mulligan? I think I think I think he would get another year. Regard. I think if he had a bad year this year, he's going to get one. They're not going to fire him. He'll get one more. I year. agree with that. He'll get one more year with Rodgers to see if he can get it done. That you know what I mean? Because the, like you said, the fact that Rodgers is in here now has changed the equation for him. And I tell you, I, I and I've been critical. You know, I've been critical of him as much as I like the guy, and you know, I have a relationship with him and all of that. I thought this was one of the best coach games he had. He did a fabulous job. And you know why he did a fabulous job, Joe? Because it's very easy mentally to lose a guy like Rodgers. Yes. All of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, what are we going to do? And they're down 10 in the game. It's not like they were, you know, cruising and all of a sudden everything was going well. They had to make adjustments. They forced turnovers. They played their hearts out. I totally agree. I give Sal a lot of credit for week one. Yeah. You know, he went for that fourth down that he got, you you know, late in the game when they were going for the go-ahead score. And he played a conservative, and I thought he should because, you know, you could have took a shot for the end zone. The field goal had put him ahead by three at the end, you know, 16-13. Uh, he had to get the three points there. You couldn't mess it up. You couldn't have Wilson take a shot in the end zone and throw a pick there. They had to come away with the lead uh, after, you know, after that turnover with Michael Clemens. They had to come away with the lead. They'd already gone for the one-fourth down, and they got it. You know, they had at least they, – they couldn't mess up so I had no no problem playing a little conservative at that point too, making sure he got the field goal. 
So I, I thought I thought he I thought he, he coached a very good game. I really did. All right, Joe. Now it's go time. Week two. After one week, you By win the, way, the heads about, up how about battle. The matching Puma hats. We should, bro. We should. We, well, not we only should, let, let's let the audience know this. Joe and I did not play golf no together today. We no. played separately. That's correct. We are both rocking Puma hats. Yes. And nice ones, we may both I shot the exact same score how about today. That? Can't make it up. How about 99. that? Yeah, ninety nine. And we we, go, we should get we should get an endorsement. We should get an endorsement deal, bro. Let's go. We get we let's go. Get, let's get some. You got the force him already. Shambo, Fowler, <laughs> Beningo, Jastrzemski. I partner with Bryson. You partner with Ricky because you're rocking orange today. And right. we go lowest score. Away we right. go. That, I tell you, that would probably be a fun round, man. I bet you we'd have a good time with those guys playing, too. Oh, they're you know both I mean? fun. I, mean, I, I would we won, bro. You know, Shambo has actually won me over. I used to hate <laughs> him. He? And now right, all of a sudden right. he's he's fun. I, he's a lot more yeah. fun than I thought he was, to be honest with you. Yeah, I bet you we'd have a hell of a time because Fowler seems like the, a really nice guy. I mean, he comes. Hundred percent. You know, I hope he gets a major finally soon. You know. All right, let's oh, do no it. No doubt. Bro. All right, so I'm going to give you the honors. You went. To, you, the reason I'm giving you the honors, even though I went three and two, you went two and three. You yep. won the heads up game, and of course, I was between the Cowboys and the Bills. Right. And because you picked the Jets, I said, all right, I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to go against you. And it ends up costing me 4-1. But anyway, you're one behind. I give you the tee box. The floor is yours. Week two, Mr. Beningo. Take it away. Bro, I'm, I'm going right here. I'm taking the Cardinals getting four and a half against the Giants in Arizona. I, I, I just, I cannot. The Giants, how can you have the Giants be a four and a half point favorite on the road after that disaster last Sunday? Now, look. Giants should win this game. If the Giants don't win this game, they're looking at an 0-3 start because I yeah, I doubt very seriously if they're beating the San Francisco 49ers. And right now, to me, is the best team in football. But, you know, it's only one game in. But I, if I was doing the rankings, it would be them. I just can't trust the Giants here. I mean, I, look, look, can I see the Giants winning the game? Sure. Four and a half points? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I understand that the Commanders did not play great last week in, in uh, beating Arizona, you know, but they only won the game by four. They didn't cover the number. Uh, they were on the road. The Cardinals. I'm taking the call. I'm taking the Cardinals getting four and a half against the Giants. I just, I just don't trust the Giants on the road. I don't. Let me make this clear. If the <laughs> Giants don't go and win this game, yep. they are in for Big a trouble. rotten, miserable, vile season. You can't lose this game yep. with the games yep. they have coming up yep. on a schedule. You hit on San Francisco short week. Trip to Buffalo, trip to back Miami, to back. back to back against games. your team. Yep, yep. Two with the Eagles, another one with the Cowboys. If you can't beat the worst team in football after losing forty to nothing, your season is over, done with, and finished. And full disclosure, Joe, I thought about taking the Giants this week, and the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I sat there and said to myself, "No, I can't no, do it. I can't. need to see the Giants exactly. go and give me a good performance." Before I'm going to go and right. lay four and a half on the road, so you're going to go with Arizona in Game One. Right, and let me just say, I'm going to lay off the game. Let me just say one more thing about this game too. It, the, the, it's immediately a big pressure game for the Giants, and so they're going into this game with pressure on them in Week Two. You can't lose to this team, as you said. So I, I all of that to me adds up to take you know take the Cardinals in the points, and we'll see what happens. Mm. All right, here's what I'm doing, Game One. I'm going with the Washington Commanders, getting three and a half against the Denver Broncos. I watched a lot of that Denver-Vegas game a week ago. Me too. Russell Me too. Wilson, Joe, yeah. looked 
Terrible. Awful. I agree with he you. He looked miserable. And now yeah. all I'm seeing is people lining up to the ticket window to take the Denver Broncos laying three and a hook. And the odds makers are very comfortable keeping this game right where it's at. And I know Washington got off to a slow start. Washington had a rally late. If it wasn't for that fumble, maybe Arizona, to your point, goes and wins week number one. I just don't feel good enough about Denver to say definitively now they should be laying three and a half against anyone. They were a rotten team last year. I think it's going to take Sean Payton some time to kind of mold the sort of team he wants to have. And I don't know if it's a given he's going to be able to do that with Russell Wilson. You mentioned the idea of needing to see it from the Giants. Well, guess what? I need to see it from the Broncos. So I'm going against them here. I'm getting three and a half points. I think Washington's defense can easily go and win the game. I don't even love Washington's offense. I don't need to love Washington's offense. I'll take the Commanders plus three and a half. Big game number one. Beautiful. All right, game two for me, bro. I'm, I'm taking the Falcons laying a point against the Packers at home. I, I tell you right now, I like, look, that nice win by them last week. I understand it's Carolina. You want to get crazy. But they had a solid win. This B. John Robinson looks like they really got something with him running the football. I don't think they're a terrible defense. And I think Jordan Love comes back to reality a little bit this week. He had a major game last week against the Bears. The three touchdown passes. You know, maybe maybe he's just going to be the continuation of, you know, Favre and, and Rodgers with the Packers. I don't know. But um, I'm taking the Falcons. I'm only laying a point there at home. Uh, I could see Love coming it's dropping down a little bit this week after the big opening act. Give me the Falcons laying one at home against Green Bay. Well, Joe, we have a heads-up play here right out of the gate. And as you know, I had Atlanta last week, and they were good to me you against did. Carolina. Yes, they were. I watched a lot of that game. That was one of the games that I had going in the four box. They couldn't do a damn thing on offense, and that scares the crap out of me because Green Bay is a much better team than what they're going to see from the Carolina Panthers. I mean, Green Bay has a lot of experience on that front seven. They have experience in the secondary, and they can run the ball. They're going to be a little healthier here at wide receiver. And listen, if I end up losing this one, it's not the end of the world because I have Atlanta to go win the division for what it's worth. But I, I just think Green Bay is very comfortable and is very confident, even in the transition here, going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love because of what they have around Jordan Love. And one thing about this head coach, you go back to when Aaron Rodgers was there. That was Aaron Rodgers' show. It didn't matter if it was Hackett. It, didn't, right. it was not no, right, his right. offense. Sure. That was right. the Aaron Rodgers show. Right. I think this head coach likes the idea that, hey, I can showcase what I can do as a play caller, as a coach, and I can kind of mold and groom a young and up-and-coming guy. I, I just think Green Bay's the better team here. So I'm going heads up. We got okay. a little mono mono Hopefully it goes better for me than the Bills and the Jets did last week. Our second heads-up play of the year. You'll take Atlanta, land the point. I'm going to get the point with the Packers. All right, uh, game three. I love the Lions. I love the Lions at home, laying four and a half against Seattle. I know Seattle, terrible last week at home. The Rams beat them up. I think the Lions are real, bro. I do. I, I, I like the coach. I think the quarterback's playing well. They can run the football. They got the kid from Alabama to run the ball. They got that other kid now. I, I forget who the other running back is, but the, oh, um, what's his name? The guy from the Bears. Uh, who was with, with the Bears. Now he's in... Uh, Montgomery. Montgomery. Montgomery, right. Now he's in Detroit. 
They got two guys that can run the ball well. They got a pretty good, great offensive line. I mean, this is one of the best offensive lines in the, in, in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. Penny Sewell is one of the best, you know, tackles in football. I think they got a pretty good defense. I like Campbell a lot. I, I think the Lions are real, man. I, I'm, you know, I don't know what the deal is with Seattle. Um, I don't know. That was that was bad last week, getting beat up at home by the Rams. Give me the Lions. I'm only laying four and a half at home against Seattle. Game three. <clears throat> so I thought about Seattle. And I wonder with the Lions now beating the Chiefs, extra time to prepare, everybody's kind of on their junk, how they respond to that. But after what I saw from Seattle last week, Joe, like, right. let's put yeah. it this way. Right. Right. When I watched the Lions beat KC on Thursday, I was thinking in the back of my mind, wow, I'm going to fade them in week two. Then I watched Seattle and I'm like, eh, not so sure. So that's a stay away from me. Good luck to you with the Lions. And I agree with you. I think the Lions are the team to beat in that division. No and question. I think when it's all said and done, they're going to win uh, the NFC North. All right, game yes. three for me. I'm fading this team for the second straight week. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans against the Los Angeles Chargers lane mm. three. Wow. You got the Chargers, despite all that talent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they don't know how to win close games. And I just look at the coaching mismatch that you have in this game. Mm. It's Brandon Staley on the road playing a 10 o'clock kick for those guys that are out on the West Coast against Mike Vrabel. Now, I know Tannehill looked awful against mm. New Orleans last awful. week. Awful. All you need to know about Tannehill last week is that Mike Vrabel felt more comfortable and more confident on fourth and seven, kicking a field goal down five, as opposed to trusting his quarterback because he didn't think his quarterback was going to go and march in the end zone and score a touchdown. But the bottom line is this. That team runs the football. That team gets after the quarterback. And I just think after the emotional back and forth that the Chargers had with the Miami Dolphins to go on the road against a tough-minded Vrabel team, I'm taking the three points. I, I think worst-case scenario here, I'm getting away with a three-point Charger win, but I don't even think I need them, Joe. I think the Titans are winning the game outright. Give me Tennessee plus the points in game three. I tell you, the, the, to me, the Chargers are one of the – there's two teams in the league that I really look at as very, very uh, – Paper teams, okay? Mental weakness, you want to call it lousy coach, whatever. That's San, San Diego's number one, LA, whatever they are, the Chargers. And the other one's the Vikings. The other one's Minnesota. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of similarities between those two teams. There really is. There really is. All right, game four. I, I, until further notice, I'm taking this team. I'm taking the nine. I know seven and a half. The Rams won last week. It's in LA. The Niners are the best team in football. I mean, I, right now, what, watch, I watched them last week. I watched, I was very interested to see Pittsburgh, what they, everybody loves Pittsburgh. I took them. I had Pittsburgh getting the points at home, and I watched the Niners stomp them. I mean, they stomped them. Game was Purdy never had, in doubt. Game never was never in doubt. in doubt. Never. Purdy had days to throw the ball. They got a tremendous offensive line. They got all these weapons, man. McCaffrey, Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I mean, it's ridiculous. You, you, you know, you got Bowles on defense. You got Fred Warner. Right now, you know, if I was doing a power ranking right now, the Niners are number one. They're you know, number seven, one. I totally agree. Totally, was, totally agree. Seven and a half is not even a big number. Uh, until further notice, give me the Niners. Uh, why, why, why wouldn't I think they're going to stop the Rams in this game? You know? And, and I'll give you something else that you should like that much more. Kyle Shanahan against the spread has owned Sean McVay. Now, he, I know McVay I, won the NFC title game a couple of years ago. He did lose that championship game to him. He did. But guess what? San Francisco covered that game. That was a yeah. three-point game. Right. San right. Francisco covered the number. So Shanahan is covered against McVay left and right, left and right. 
And I think you're getting the Rams off, you know, a good time. They right, just right. beat Seattle. Coming off a win. They're one and oh. That's right. The Niners, I'm with you, Joe. Yeah. I, I think it's a take no prisoners game for them. And, and I think they win and I think they cover. That is not where I'm going for game four. What I am going to do for game four, give me the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. Get three and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals. Couple things. Oh, here. I like that. I like Number that. Number one, Cincinnati started off the year 0 2 last year. So it's not unfamiliar territory for them. Two, it's a revenge game. The Ravens played the Bengals in the playoffs last year. And let's be honest, the Bengals should have lost that game. The Raven defense was great, even though they had Hunley at quarterback. If it wasn't for that fumble at the goal line that they basically returned for a touchdown. I think we might have been talking about Baltimore winning that game outright. And I think there are legitimate concerns about the rhythm and, and mm-hmm. you know, that rust factor that Joe Burrow has. But he looked terrible not against Cleveland. Getting preseason. Now, the, the, one, the one caveat is he always plays like crap against the Browns That's true. in Cleveland. That's For whatever true. the reason, it's That's one true. of those places Joe right, Burrow always right. plays poorly. But I just think you're going to see more of that rust. And I'm getting three and a half points. And Harbaugh's money as an underdog. In these sort of spots, in these sort of situations, Harbaugh has a knack and a propensity for covering games. So you want to tell me the Bengals maybe win this game? Maybe they do. I think it has three-point game written all over it. I'm getting three and a hook. Fine by me, Joe. I am taking the Ravens plus three and a half in game four. I like it. I like it, bro. I do like that. All right, the last one, game five, I got to take my team with eight and a half. I'm sorry. That's a, that's That number to me is, that, is out of whack. I think it's a combination of, you know, what the uh, Cowboys did to the Giants on Monday night and the fact that Ned Rogers is out. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, a lot of defense. I really see I could see, see this being a low-scoring defensive t- a game. Uh, whoever wins the turnover battle is going to probably win this football game. Uh, that's how I see it. I don't, love the, I don't love the Cowboys' offense. I think the Jets can, you know, really stymie them offensively. I'm worried about the Jet offensive line pass blocking against Parsons and Lawrence and these guys. I am concerned about that, no doubt. I think the Jets going to have to run the football, um, and I think they can on, on this team. I don't see any reason they can't. So, look, I don't know if they're going to win this game, okay? I I, I would obviously wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I think 8.5 is a little bit too much of a big number here in this game. I really do. I'm taking the Jets and the 8.5 in Dallas. I got to take well, that. You picked your team last week, and that went well for you. You're going back to the well, and I got no problem with it, Joe, because it's way too many points. That jet defense travels. And if Mm -hmm. you were going up against a more high-powered offense, I'd be nervous. We're not, right? Right. So I I expect that the jet defense is going to come to play here, and and I would take them as well, plus the number. Now, last but not least, you're going with your team. I'm going back to the well for the second straight week. I'm taking my team again. Miami laying two and a half against the New England Patriots. A couple of things here. Number one, it looks like Toronto Armstead's going to play. That's a monstrous deal for the Dolphins. Their offensive line looked great against the Chargers, but now they're getting their best Mm -hmm. offensive lineman back. Number two, Tua has dominated Bill Belichick. He has never lost to Bill Belichick. So I have that. I have a confident team. And Joe, I think they're better. I think they're out to make a statement. I can't tell you the last time off the top of my head, the New England Patriots started off a year 0-2. Last year, had an opportunity to do so, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is long overdue for the Patriots. I think this game will be tight. I think the fact that I'm getting it at 2.5 as opposed to 3 makes a big difference. But I am taking 
the Miami Dolphins to start off the year 2-0. And the New England Patriots, Joe, will be 0-2 coming into MetLife Stadium next week. So you're going with your team, second straight week? I'm going with my team for the second straight week. Give me the you Dolphins. Know, you know, it's interesting. If the Patriots, normally I'd be very concerned about playing New England at 0-2. Because, I, I, you know, I don't really... I guess I want to see New England win only you know, to kind of even keep the division evened up a little bit, you know? I mean, I, I mean I'm, you let them both lose. They, that's too bad they, can, they both can't lose. I, but, I understand you, that. You know, I know. you know what I mean? But I, I don't – normally I'd be worried about that. I'm not now. I, I, I'm really not. I, I just I, – I, I, got, I got a very different feel for my football team than I have in years gone by. I don't, even with the injury to Rodgers, there's a difference. There's a different karma surrounding them. It's just something about it. So – if you guys go out there and, and take care of business, normally I'd be freaking out. Oh, I don't want to play the Patriots 0-2, you know, no matter what we do against Dallas. But I don't really feel that way right now. So go beat them. I don't care. Either way, either way, it's again. I'll be I'll, I'll put it this way. I will be watching on Sunday night. I will cut out though. I do have to cut out at nine o'clock to watch the final episode of winning time. Uh, the Lake of Diamonds. Oh, you're into the winning time show. Oh, it is bro, fantastic. Bro, I, 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 How I, good I, is it? Are you kidding me? I mean, this is the last episode this year, though, coming up. They're getting ready to go I play the finish finals off. against the Celtics. I was watching the episode from Sunday. I fell asleep halfway through, so I got to finish right. that tonight. Oh, yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a good one, bro. It's good. It's real good. What do you think of Adrian Brody as Pat Riley? I think he's pretty good. You know good. what? He's, he's kind of grown on me a little bit. I think Riley's yeah. like a – I don't think he's – you know, I think Riley's a better-looking guy than that. But I do think that um, – he does a pretty good job with it. I tell you, the guy that got to play Magic looks just like the young Magic. The guy like who plays Magic is amazing. And, and Jesse Riley playing Dr. Buss, is, he's spot oh, on. Oh, he's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he, he's tremendous. <laughs> no, he really he is, is spot good. on. Yeah, he's he spot so on good. with Buss. No doubt about it. No doubt. No, so the so last recap, episode, so I'll cut out to watch that, that and then well, come back go. to the game. Uh, listen, I, I will DVR it. I hopefully will be in a good mood when I'm watching it well past midnight. Yep. Um, Joe and I, we have one heads-up play. He's going with Atlanta. I'm going with Green Bay. The rest for Benigo. Arizona plus the points. Detroit laying the points. Niners laying the points. Jack getting a bunch. I'm taking the Commanders plus three and a half. Titans plus three. Ravens plus three and a half. And then the Dolphins laying mm. two and a half. All right, Joe. Two weeks in the books. Yep. Many more to go. And, uh... Yeah, we'll work on that Puma sponsorship. We'll see where we take yeah, it. We'll see what we can do. And we got to work on getting out there, bro. We, we got to play at least. We got to get out there at least one more time before it's all oh, said minimum, and done. I, minimum, 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 yep. minimum. I yep. love playing in the fall. So we got to make yep. that happen. And we got to yep. get Stefan involved. That's the game. Yeah, no question. No question about it. All well, right, Joe, bro. you enjoy this weekend. Go luck to you your too. Jets. Uh, we'll chat next week. Yes, all the love, my man. I'll talk to you soon. All of it. From Beningo to Art Dice. We're coming right back. We go from our pal Joe Beningo to our wise guy extraordinaire. We go to the desert. Um, it's weird, Art the Caesar of Westgate Superbook, that I am not in person with you after we had a little bit of fun after the Lion Chief game last week. But we're back virtually. It's always good hearing your voice. Um, how'd week one treat you? Week one was good, JJ. You know, it's always good to have it back. There's just a lot of energy around the town. And just around the sports books, man, you walk into the casino on a Thursday night or even a Sunday morning, and you just feel the energy and just the vibe for people obsessed with the NFL. It's a beautiful thing. Um, it's ever-changing. Expectations can go one way to the next in a matter of days, minutes, hours, you name it. 
Um, and the Rodgers jet situation, perfect case of that art. You know, you lose Rodgers four plays in a week one. He's done for the year. Jets were 18 to one, 20 to one to win the Super Bowl. Talk about the shift now, not only for the Jets as far as their Super Bowl odds are concerned. How much did this change from an odds perspective and the fact that the Jets beat Buffalo in week one, the odds after one week to who the odds makers may like to win the division? Yeah, it's incredible. The Jets still win the game, but they lose Rodgers. They go to 60 to one for us to win the wow, Super Bowl. 60 to one to win a Super Bowl. And what yeah. do you got them to win the division? Like five and to one? The, yeah, and the division, it's just a little bit higher than that. We're plus 550. Um, right now, your Dolphins and Bills co-favorites at plus 140. New England is still going to be the fourth choice at nine to one. Listen, the Jets still have pieces. The defense is really good. Reese Hall looked good. Obviously, we know what Garrett Wilson is. Sala seems to be a coach that they want to play for. That team could have fallen apart, and they still came out and won in the second half, and obviously in overtime. But until they get the quarterback situated, or if they go with Wilson, they're going to be the clear third choice of that division. Okay, buddy. Now as we get set for the Week 2 card, um, as I was going through the games, and I'm going through the spreads, you know I love trying to find that fishy line. You know I love trying to find that rat line. Um, let's see if you and I are on the same page for the rat line. Is it the Giants, your Giants, who are now only laying four against the Arizona Cardinals? That smells funny, bud. That smells funny. It does. Week two to me is not just the fishy line. It's the one week where we have the overreaction lines. Yes. You know. And there's so many of them, JJ. That is one of them. We were as high as five, five and a half. Money's come in on the Cardinals. That's how bad the Giants look. And the Cardinals gave you a pretty good effort in Washington. Week one, they lost the game, but they covered two to me that really stood out. Tampa Bay being a two and a half, three point favorite. It was as high as three. It was two and a half. Look ahead line. Chicago was one and a half. And I think Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was a short favorite in the look aheads at minus one. We opened Cleveland minus one. And then got to Cleveland right now at two and a half. So I think those two, for me, outside of the Giants, Tampa and Cleveland are very big overreactions. Fascinating. Um, I'm not surprised by Tampa and Chicago after what we saw in week one. As far as Cleveland and Pittsburgh on Monday night, are you seeing that line move because you get you got the big boys coming in betting the Browns? Or is that nothing but public money coming in and backing the Browns? Because I figured, Art, even after one week, they'd be still lining up to take the Steelers getting points at home. Interestingly enough, when it when we opened it, Browns minus one, it was the big boys, it was the Sharps. They were laying it with Cleveland. Whereas the Tampa Bay-Chicago one is just what the market was. It just kind of flipped. There was no one really lining up to say we're on Tampa. And I'm surprised, too, because Pittsburgh is always a team. When they are a home underdog, like they were in week one, they take money. They took a lot of money in week one. Everybody seemed to be on them. Now, they might have played the best team in the NFL. So, you know, you kind of throw that one out. But I was surprised that the sharp and wise guys wanted to line up on Cleveland. That was shocking. All right, pal. I went three and two last week. Beningo goes two and three. I'll give you Joe's picks first because 
He went against the Giants. He's taking the Arizona Cardinals plus the points. He is taking the Atlanta Falcons, who were good to me last week. He's got the Lions laying them against Seattle. He's got San Francisco laying them against the Rams. And then he's taking his Jets for the second straight week at Dallas. Even though Dallas has that ferocious defense, a lot of points for a very spunky and a very, very good Jet defense. So Arizona, Atlanta, Detroit, San Fran, and the Jets. How do we feel about the Beningo picks? Let me just take Arizona first. If the Giants are going to do anything this season, they have to win. They got to win the game. I mean, they're going to then turn around and play San Francisco on a Thursday. Probably not beating San Francisco. 0-3, season's over. So I think the Giants will come out and they will play really well. I don't like Joe taking Arizona. I understand why he did it. Atlanta Green Bay is one of the most fascinating games of the week. Two teams that won nice games in week one. Two young teams that look to want to have big seasons. I tend to side with Green Bay in the game. I just like their quarterback better. I think the teams are kind of... Green Bay's got the better defense, too. I would side with Green Bay there, so I'm not going to give Joe the love on the Atlanta pick. Detroit is the right side. Seattle's got two offensive tackles hurt. I mean, Detroit's got the rest. They look really good in week one. It's kind of a short number. I like Detroit there. San Francisco, it's hard to go against them. I understand you're laying seven and a half, eight points on the road in the division. Divisional home dogs are usually really good. The Rams were one of the surprise of week one. I think a lot of people didn't see that coming. I remember you and I talked last year about the Buffalo tax. I think you're going to have a San Francisco tax moving forward. I think that's just going to be something that happens. We opened that six. It quickly got to eight. It's come back down. I'll give Joe the check mark there. I understand what Joe's doing with the Jets. It's a low total. Total's 38, 38 and a half. You're getting nine, nine and a half points. The defense is good enough to probably keep them in the game. But can the quarterback make any plays and can the offensive line block Dallas? The Giants can do it. And we know, obviously, the Jets have some offensive line problems. I understand what he's doing there. It's kind of a half check for me, but I'm probably going to give him an X out of there. So I really only like two two out of three, two out of five of Joe's bets. All right, we go from Joe's picks to my picks. We're heads up in that Green Bay Atlanta game, so that's good news for me with you right out of the gate. I'm on the Packers plus the point. The other four I got are, I got Washington plus three and a half. I got Tennessee, home dog plus three against the Chargers. I got Baltimore plus three and a half against Cincinnati. And then I'm going back to the well. I got two and a half in the circa. It's up to three and a whole lot of places. I'm on the Dolphins. Two are undefeated against Bill Belichick. So I got Washington, Green Bay, Tennessee, Baltimore, Miami. Your thoughts? Obviously, quickly, we like Green Bay, so you get the check mark with Green Bay. Washington, just because it's the three and a half, I'm with you on that. I think that could be a field goal game. Denver and Russell Wilson, I don't know, man. They played good enough to win last week. He looked all right, but somehow they don't pull that game off and they lose to the Raiders. So I like the Washington one. Tennessee, I really like it. This is an interesting game, too. A lot of people have lined up on the Chargers minus the three. We're now sitting still with the three, but you got to lay minus 120 with Tennessee. Obviously, Eckler's probably banged up. Tannehill looked awful in week one. He just looked awful. He probably doesn't play that bad again, especially at home. I like Tennessee getting the points. The one I can't get with you on is Baltimore. I think Cincinnati really needs to come out and play. 
Baltimore, despite winning by 20 points in week one, they had 13 penalties. They had a couple of turnovers. They didn't look that great. I mean, you're playing a rookie quarterback who's coming in first start on the road. They did what they had to do. Cincinnati, if they want to do anything. Now, the offensive line's a problem again. How many times have we said that? Can't give you that one. I'll give you this. You got the two and a half, like you said, in the circuit contest. So I understand taking Miami minus two and a half, especially now that it's three. Most people will probably line up eventually on my, or I'm sorry, on New England plus three, divisional home dog getting points. But I'm with you on that. I like four of your five. I gave you the blessing last week and it worked out. I'm going with you again. Blessing is all mine for your picks. I love that. So I get the blessing back-to-back weeks. Hopefully I'll have back-to-back winning weeks. Now, finally, Art, it's tease time. Week two, remember, tough back to follow after last year. What do we got lined up for the week two tease? Yeah, and I was bad in week one. Miami was good to me, but the Steelers really bombed me out, so we did not hit. That's okay, though. Listen, it's the two lines I talked about, the two overreaction lines, the two teams that were originally favored and look-ahead lines. I'm, I'm taking them. Two teams, six-point tees. I'm taking Chicago eight and a half. I really think they have a chance to win the game, and I don't see Tampa basically blowing out the Bears and winning by double digits. So give me Chicago. And listen, they burned me last week, but I think Pittsburgh is going to come out and play on a Monday night. Once again, division of home dog. Now I'm getting eight and a half of them, so I like it. So the two teams, six-point tees, Bears plus eight and a half, Steelers plus eight and a half. All right, two dogs for the DeCesar tees. Let's get back to one and one, and away we go. All right, Art, appreciate a couple of minutes. We will chat same time, same place next week. Actually, we'll be chatting a little. Uh, we may have to wait until after the Giant Niner game. I'm forgetting that we have a Thursday night game next week. Nonetheless, we'll talk. I, I look forward to it. Later, buddy. JJ, you're the best. Let's cash some tickets. And you know, whether it's before the game, after the game, anytime you need me, my guy. Uh, we'll be ready to rock. We'll probably be chatting with the Caesar right after Giants and Niners. All right, we go from Art to Jason Katz over at the Pro Football Network. Get those fantasy lineups in order. That's coming up. All right, we get ready for week two. Fantasy perspective. We go from Art Dice to the Pro Football Network's Jason Katz. Buddy, welcome back. Uh, week one in the books. How to treat you? It's pretty good. It was a very rocky uh, Sunday from a fantasy perspective because we had so many games that were, where offenses didn't score any points except, of course, for your beloved team. But otherwise, a lot of low-scoring games, a lot of matches that came down to Monday night. But, you know, I, I pulled through in most of them. So it was a good week. We like the sound of that. Um, we're in the world where overreactions are king. You know, I'm good for a good overreaction or two. What is the biggest fantasy overreaction one way or another from week one? All right. The biggest overreaction is completely sell low on Drake London and Kyle Pitts. That's, that, that's where my head is at. I, I, we like these players. We know that they're talented players. But last year, we saw this offense not throw the ball. And we thought, okay, maybe with Desmond Ritter, something different this year. Desmond Ritter looked like a guy that should not be starting it in an professional football game last week. And they won the game anyway because they just ran the ball. And I think this year, we're going to see a whole lot of what we saw last year. And unless the Falcons find themselves in negative game script, which the schedule suggests they may not very often, we're going to see a lot more games where Drake London and Kyle Pitts are seeing two to three targets. And I know it sucks because these guys were drafted in like fourth, fifth round. But sometimes you need to just accept 
you were wrong about something. Like I was big on Drake London. I was wrong. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to move on. Buddy, speaking of overreactions or lack thereof, or maybe it's a fair reaction. The Jet fantasy perspective. Actually, who the hell am I kidding? There's no overreaction to it whatsoever. They just lost Aaron Rodgers four plays into 2023. There are a lot of guys in this offense that you looked at and said, wow, they're fantasy viable. Now, I don't think it necessarily changes a ton for a guy like Brees Hall, as long as he is healthy. I don't know what it changes in your eyes for Dalvin Cook. It clearly is going to change, I think, the ceiling and the upside, even for someone as talented and as special as Garrett Wilson. So talk me through, Jason, your feelings now towards these Jet skill position guys now that uh, Mr. Darkness is, is out for the remainder of the year. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying this is devastating, and not just if you're a Jet fan, not just if you're a fantasy fan. If you're a football fan, we know that we are near nearing the end of Aaron Rodgers. We have seen all these guys from that era retire, except for Aaron Rodgers. And now we're losing an entire year of him. I think he'll be back, but there's no guarantee that we haven't seen the last of him. So it's it'll be a terrible way to go out. And it sucks that we're not going to get to see Rodgers for this season. But again, the show goes on, and we need to figure out what this means for fantasy. Obviously, Garrett Wilson, this is bad news. And he is he was the single most valuable fantasy member of, of the New York Jets. And we know what happened last year when he played with Zach Wilson, who is now the starting quarterback for the Jets, and just wasn't good. If anybody else, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one, 17.3 fantasy points per game, with Zach Wilson, just 9.4. Now, I do think Garrett Wilson will be better this year. He's not going to be unstartable like he was last year when Zach Wilson played. But we're looking at a guy who was going as a top eight wide receiver. Now you're looking at him, maybe he's a top 24 wide receiver. We're hoping that's what you get out of him. So that's really, really terrible if you draft the Garrett Wilson at the late first round, early second round. As for the rest of the receivers, Alan Lazard, anyone behind him, you can just forget about them. There's no way Zach Wilson or any sort of backup is supporting more than just Garrett Wilson. And he looks at the running backs. The running backs should be okay. Because you're going to see checkdowns. Uh, we know Brees Hall is just an uber talent, and he's only going to get better as the season progresses. And with Dalvin Cook, I'll get to him a little later because a little preview that he's, he's going to come up. But there should still be enough volume there for him to be fantasy viable but I'm not necessarily sure how much he has left in the tank. All right, Jason, let's get to matchups of the week because last week you were in fuego. You nailed Tua for a quarterback. Raheem Mostert goes and scores a touchdown. So I think it's fair to say you're off to a very nice start, at least as far as this show is concerned. So the four is yours, the must-play quarterback, the must-avoid quarterback for week number two. I'm going to stay local here with Daniel Jones. Giants fans justifiably upset at their team's performance against my Dallas Cowboys last week. But they were just facing a vastly superior team. Sorry, had to do it. But Daniel Jones is not suddenly this terrible quarterback. He, we still saw him run last week. We saw glimpses of what he can be. He never had a chance last week. This offense is not going to score zero points every week. I just think we're in for a big-time bounce back against the Arizona Cardinals, who are the worst team in football. Now, as for who we're sitting... I'm taking my quarterback, Dak Prescott. Do you know what I definitely don't want to do this season? Start quarterbacks against the New York Jets. Now, to be fair, I doubt Dak goes out of his way to throw the ball to the Jets three times like Josh Allen did. But this is not a defense you necessarily want to be facing. 
Dak's going to have his weeks. He'll be fine. But with the, with the Cowboys defense now, especially with Zach Wilson under, under center, we're looking at a team that's not going to have to throw much on, offensively. And we saw it last week. Cowboys barely attempted any passes. The game was over in the second quarter. I think we could be facing something similar this week. Not as bad, but something similar where the Cowboys just kind of run the ball, ball control, let defense win the game, and you're not getting much from a fantasy perspective out of Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think that game, Jack Cowboy has ugly, ugly, ugly written all over it. Okay, you kind of hinted Dalvin Cook might be a part of our running back conversation. So the must play, the must avoid. Is Dalvin Cook the guy we want to get in our lineups in week two? No, we're going to start Damian Pierce. Last ah, week, Pierce, okay. <laughs> all right, so I'm half right. Fair enough. Last week, Pierce was on the sit list, and it worked out great. You sat Pierce. You were very happy with your decision. He was completely stymied by the Ravens' defense. This week against the Colts, much different story. Travis Etienne managed 77 yards and 18 carries last week. Pierce, seeing similar volume, could be looking at a similar performance, and hopefully he can find the end zone also. So Damian Pierce, lead back to the Texans. I think we get a nice bounce back this week. As for the sit, you probably guessed it. It's Dalvin Cook. Brees Hall, very, very clearly, not 100%. Also, very, very clearly, the best running back on the Jets. I mean, this guy's running on one and a half knees, and he is still just just unstoppable. But Dalvin Cook, he looks like a guy who can get what's blocked. He's serviceable. He, he's not completely cooked, but he's trending closer in that direction than to the guy that we saw in 2020-2021. Against what may be the best defense in football, I don't think we're getting much in the way of running lanes this week. Maybe he can volume his way to some RB2 numbers because based on what Brees Hall looked like, I still don't think we're going to see Brees Hall fully unleashed, especially not against the Cowboys. So if Hook can rack up you know, three to four receptions, maybe he can be okay like he was last week. But there's just no splash play upside, and I don't think there's much touchdown upside this week either. So I'm sitting Dalvin Cook. All right, we're avoiding Dalvin Cook. Now, wide receiver. Let's nail it, Jason. Smorgasbord out there. Who we got to get in there? Who do we got to stay away from? Take it away. I'm going, I'm going back to the well on Jahan Dotson this week. He was good, not great last week in a game where the commanders struggled more than they should. Sam Howell just isn't that good. Uh, but wow, I mean, is that really a surprise? He had one career start entering the season, but I digress. With Pat Sertan locking down Terry McLaurin, this is a great spot for Dotson to benefit as the other guy, similar to how Jacoby Myers benefited as the other guy opposite Devontae Adams last week. So I think we could get a nice game out of Jahan Dotson, who I do think is very talented. And we're sticking with the same game for the sit, and that is Cortland Sutton. If you started Sutton last week, you're pretty happy. You know, th- four catch, 32 yards, but he found the end zone. But here's the thing. He only saw five targets, and all four of his receptions came on the same drive to end the first half. He's just not a big part of this offense. As we're recording this today on a Thursday, Jerry Judy practiced in full. I fully expect him to play this week. And when Judy plays, Sutton does not produce. Do not chase Sutton's production last week. If you started him, awesome. You've got, a, you've got a very solid week. Now, get him on the back. Jason Katz, week two, Pro Football Network. It's in the books. It goes fast. It goes quickly. Uh, thanks for a few minutes. And I know some Jeff fans are rooting for you to be wrong on Dalvin Cook. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. We will see. I look forward to another good week. All right. That's our buddy Jason Katz from the Pro Football Network. Before we say goodbye, Mr. Money, you want to get involved with me. And Beningo for Old School New School. Your week two picks. Four is yours. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here to handicap our picks before week number two of the NFL. As a recap of last week, my money plays uh, was a winner. Overall, for the uh, circuit, uh, five uh, games, I was four and one. Overall, six and one. Uh, you had a nice one all this week. You were three and two. And head to head, 
we I was one and zero against went overall two and zero. And as far as the family plays, when we match up with the uh, with our five picks, we were two and zero. And overall, we are three and zero. Okay, let's go in in order. My my top play, my money play for the week. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills at home minus the eight and a half over the Raiders at their home opener. And they they can score a lot, and they they're a good. Of course, we know they're a good team, and I'm just going to think they're going to cover that eight and a half. Game number two, I'm going to go to road team. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs minus the three at the Jaguars. I think the Chiefs, after that uh, tough loss for them, I think they're going to take advantage of you. Know we know the Jaguars are a good team, but I think the Chiefs are going to win, and by the three points, they're going to course cover. I feel they're going to cover. Game number three. I'm going to go with a road team. I'm going to go with your Miami Dolphins minus a two and a half over the New England Patriots. I know it's a tough game, as far as I understand. But the, the Miami Dolphins do always do good in New England, and they just played. They've just been playing great. I figure they're going to uh, win that game. Game number four. I'm going to take a road team. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks plus the four and a half at the Detroit Lions. Could be a tough battle. I feel maybe a field goal. So. I'm going to go with the points with the Seahawks. And my final game, I'm going to go to home team. I'm going to go, even though they're considered the worst team in the league, that's what they're predicting. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus the four and a half over the Giants after their lopsided loss. I think at home it's going to be a close battle. That's where I'm going to take the points there. Again, my five plays, my money play, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills minus the eight and a half, the Kansas City Chiefs minus the three, the Miami Dolphins minus the two and a half, the Seattle Seahawks plus the four and a half, and the Arizona Cardinals plus the four and a half. And let's see what you got on your end. Let's see if we can match up and have some family plays. Okay, JJ, everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I love that we have a family play together with my beloved Miami Dolphins. So hopefully you'll bring me a little luck as far as that's concerned. Heads up with Beningo on Seattle and Detroit. Riding together, and I know the audience is going to be rooting against you probably on this one. You both have the Arizona Cardinals. You both better be wrong. I mean, my goodness, the Giants better not go and lose this game. This should be a leave-no-doubt type of game for Brian Dable's crew. Giants go and lose this game. As we said at the start of the show, they're in for a long year. A very, very long year. Now, we'll be back with our pod. No Twitter spaces this week. After the 4 o'clock games. 917-382-1151. I expect you to get your voicemails in. Do it in the fourth quarter. Do it right after the game. We'll get our open going, and I'll rip through a bunch of them. So make sure they're in by like 740, 745 Eastern time. The latest 8 o'clock. The latest 8 o'clock. Get those voicemails in because I want to get everything done so that way I have a cocktail in hand for Sunday Night Football with the Dolphins and the New England Patriots. So we will get to work right after the 4 o'clock games come to a close. Great job by Stefan. As always, back Sunday night. Enjoy your weekend. I got a wedding. I'll be boogieing on Friday night. I got a nice little golf round with the fellas at 2 o'clock, which I am fired up for on Saturday. And then Ring of Wise Guys Sunday at 11. Football 1 and 4. Podcast afterwards. And away we go. Enjoy your weekend. JJ out. Be good, everybody. Must be 21-plus in present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. 
1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-NOW within Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 